0: Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. Why, hello, and welcome to Get This Shit. I'm Cassie, your host, and today my co host is Sam. Hey, guys. Howdy, howdy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Well, welcome back.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure as always.
0: Thanks for coming Mm -hmm. to a room in the house that you live in. (laughs) I appreciate you carving out some time. Well,
1: traffic was awful, but I made it. (laughs)
0: There was a real backup in that narrow-ass hallway, man.
1: Yeah, Nicholas <laughs> just didn't want to move, and it turned into a real battle of wills.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, you're hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. It's been a time or two since we've had you on. Yeah, yeah. Anything fun stick out in your brain? Uh, I mean...
1: We haven't done too, too much. Work's been going pretty good.
0: Good, good.
1: Um, I found a new anime. Well, it's not a new anime, but yeah, I started. New to you. Yeah, I started watching Assassination Classroom. I've got a good couple recommendations for it and finally got around to starting it.
0: Cool. It's pretty good. Sweet, sweet. Uh, I've walked in on it a couple of times and can't say I understand it
1: <laughs> yeah if you don't know what's going on it's a little weird
0: aesthetically yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean it is weird aesthetically yeah. but I don't know you seemed to enjoy it mm-hmm. sweet sweet um oh uh fun thing we found a new karaoke spot
1: we sure did
0: yeah karaoke was uh hard to find yeah for Layers a minute it was panties. pretty
1: scarce yeah.
0: Yeah, in the Ponderosa, mm-hmm. it's tough. But at a at a place like this, they don't give a damn.
1: They sure don't. Yeah, <laughs> like it's nice because like there's an eclectic mix of like good singers and yes. people who are just having fun. Yes. But like the crowd is just as receptive for both. So it's, absolutely, it's, it's nice. It's a good environment. Yeah,
0: we were complimented. I think the second time we came. Uh, because we are very enthusiastic. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the host appreciated our... Enthusiasm. Yeah, and celebration of anyone regardless of talent.
0: Yeah, man. I'm a woo girl. Just, woo! (laughs) Ah! That's me. All day. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, if you're insecure about going up, but you're there with your friends, and you're having a good time, and then, like... You go up once, like it's nerve wracking the first time, even if you have some liquid it totally can in your be. system. Yeah. And then like if you just walk off stage and you get like one like woo like it's
0: one half hearted woo. Yeah, I've I had do. a half hearted we've all had half half hearted yeah. woos. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking sucks, dude.
1: Oh yeah. I remember one time I was drunk and thought I could karaoke Eminem. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. So Did you fast. lose yourself yeah. <laughs> in well, the moment? Well, I definitely wasn't the real Slim Shady. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so you needed
0: to not stand up, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I Oh my sat god. Back you could have sat. Could have had a seat. <laughs> yep. Could have had a seat. Okay, so that's an unsuccessful karaoke song. What are some of your uh, your staples? Uh share with the class. Staples,
1: um uh, I enjoy Hallelujah. Yeah, uh, You Rufus fucking rock Wayne that shit. Um I'll follow you into the dark by Death Cab for Cutie is a good one, and the one that I've started recently singing that's really fun is the middle by Jimmy Eat World. I know it's their like
0: oh yeah sellout yeah. song
1: that ever like people who actually like Jimmy Eat World as yeah. a band they don't like that song. Kind of like die diehard Nirvana fans yes. don't like smell like Teen Spirit, but it's sure. a fun song. It's a good song to sing. It is, and the crowd usually gets into it because
0: yeah. It's a good song. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I have been trying some new ones mm-hmm. at this place. Sure uh, have. A uh, it was crowd requested the last time we went.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs>
0: was I put a spell on you from Hocus Pocus?
1: <laughs> you killed that song, girl.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And
1: surprisingly, you nailed "Toxic" by Britney Spears, oh. which is. <laughs> It's such a fun song.
0: Yeah, Toxic is super fun. <laughs> Everybody loves Britney Spears.
1: You had better.
0: Uh, what else? Especially oh.
1: now that she's out in the open. Oh, well, and <laughs> uh, she
0: is really freeing all her Britneys on the Instagram. Oh yeah. She's putting her Britney tatas out there. Wow. Yeah. She. Somebody got their Instagram password back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it though. I. I mean, that's what I wanted for many years was just to see some Britney boob. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I did some NSYNC tearing at my heart.
1: Oh, yeah, you sure did.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, four non-blondes.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you've done four non-blondes for a while and it's it's, I feel like yeah. that's like Thank you. Yeah, you can definitely hit that one. Uh we did our first uh duet.
0: Oh my god, we did. It
1: was, uh, <laughs> it was fabulous. Yeah, we did Love Shack by the B Love B-52s. Shack.
0: <laughs> it's my favorite song on the planet.
1: <laughs> it's a fun one to do. Oh my god, and super it's so much easy fun. for the guy part.
0: It really is. I oh my god. I have sang that song so many times and I have only ever had like maybe two people I've sang it with. Who actually knew either of the parts? Right. Yeah. Because I can do both by myself. <laughs> I don't need a man. I don't need a woman. I will rip it up.
1: <laughs> I think our next duet we should gender swap the parts in the song.
0: Oh, absolutely. I sing the
1: girl's part and you sing the guy's part. Uh,
0: yes, sir. <laughs> you. I. I'm down. I'm down. And I, if there was. A better way to, like, record it, I'd record it and put it up on the gram, but (laughs) iPhone, we, you know, the audio quality has really come a long way on this podcast, so I'm not going (laughs) to sully it by sliding backwards. (laughs) We'll have our own karaoke session in the pod
1: room. (laughs) Yeah, that'll.
0: oh my gosh well okay what have we watched oh we went on a uh nostalgic movie marathon yes we did yes we did you want to tell the people what we watched
1: uh we watched um all the jackass movies except for the newest one (laughs) except for the newest one (laughs) And we just went back in time yep uh
0: (laughs) fucking fabulous i saw i saw something on tiktok that was from one of the like the first or second episode. Yes, I just rewatched them. No, I cannot tell you which one is which like it's all <laughs> dicks balls and buttholes like that's all it is, <laughs> and I love it. I'm here for it, but they're just all the same movie. There's
1: a little person it. humor in there too, <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes, uh, but we watched like Sam said, all of those. It's really weird to like watch it as an adult now mm, and mm-hmm. just be like oh wow they're an of addiction like you can see like yeah, for each sure person like mm-hmm. going through it
1: mm-hmm.
0: in each movie
1: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, yeah
0: but that cool. was the funniest fucking shit i mean it's still funny as fuck and it's funny and in different ways now too
1: sure because
0: yeah. i'm like Oh, I'd certainly be in the hospital after a stunt like that. I know,
1: right? Yeah. (laughs) And not even the ones that you would think. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I mean, definitely the ones that you'd think. Like when I said not the ones you think what came to mind was like when Chris Pontius like does stuff with animals like it's done by the scorpion. Yes. they get bit by a snake or something. I'm some thinking shit.
0: about the big hand slap one. Like, <laughs> I'd fucking, my glasses would break and I'd get fucking plexi or whatever this is in my eyeballs mm. or fucking uh, rocket whipped cream into my brain. I don't know.
1: <laughs> the few porta potty things that they did <sighs> fucking uh, hit me on a different level watching as an
0: oh, adult. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, working in construction, like, I would say probably. Thirty percent of my bathroom interactions are in porta johns. I'm sorry, and so yeah, the uh, sights, the smells are a lot more tactile <laughs> and readily <laughs> and accessible in my memory. Yeah, a little bit too real. So too those real. are those are make me a little extra squeamish compared to yeah how they used to. The
0: blue chemical stuff, like I just uh, oh, I just can't can't even imagine.
1: Now those like. When they just like spray like uh, either compressed air, whatever, to like make the blue chemicals explode on them, uh huh. Like those have to be like freshly clean, pristine,
0: sure, brand new, just dropped off,
1: yeah, like not defiled. Because like the one where they strap Steve in one and send him on the slingshot, like you, like they gave him goggles and they gave him nose plug. Like, so, because, I mean, that's a good way to get serious diseases if you yeah, don't protect yeah. yourself. But he was expecting it. So, like, the ones that they did it to where they weren't expecting it, like, you can't have, like, an actively used. Oh, my God. One, you could tell by what was on them. Yeah. Like, and how dark blue it was. Shit. Yeah. The fact that there was no brown on them. But oh also, like, if they're not expecting it, that's going to get in your eye and your ears and your yes. nose and yes. all that shit. yes. So, that the blue ones i was fine it's just like whenever they actually had
0: <laughs> yeah i i'm not a big scat fan yeah me um I, scat humor was funny to me at a time i mean it's still <laughs> funny but yeah it's i
1: mean i still laugh don't get gross. me wrong it's just yeah, it has a little poop extra volcano, and
0: <laughs> yeah. this i think that's the second one mm-hmm. i think that's the one i saw in 3d Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a little trip down memory lane. It was fun. Good stuff. I I recommend it. You should spend <laughs> a couple hours if you have them.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things that haven't aged well. But for the most part, it's just yep. dumb dudes being dumb dudes and fucking with each other. Like, it's- Yep,
0: pretty much. Any of the ballistic projectiles... Like that, I well, I'm not tough enough. Uh, see, for me, it was
1: any of the uh, ones that involved uh, a bowl. I'm like, nope, mm, I'd be dead. Like i was Oh so yeah, you can't dead. jump. No. Oh yeah, I can't jump can't for jump. shit. I'm like almost six foot two. I can't dunk.
0: Oh my god, I'm like, sorry. Like I
1: mean, I can dunk on like, a Fisher, Price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like on a Fisher Price. Yeah, yeah, going. yeah. Even then, I still gotta do a little bunny hop. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah, what else? Oh. So I personally don't watch this type of stuff. I Sam doesn't really watch this either, but we're gonna talk about it because the girls at the one, two, three, the girls at the salon got me hooked on it. Love is blind.
1: Oh yes. It is yeah, a yeah, train yeah. wreck.
0: In front of a car crash, in front of baby Jessica in a well.
1: Yeah, it's uh... in
0: front of a dog with three legs.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I definitely don't watch, <laughs> uh, reality like a whole lot of reality no, TV. Very neither often, one of us really especially do. especially like romantic drama reality. Television. I have avoided The
0: Bachelor, Bachelorette, I Love Paradise, whatever. All of
1: it yeah it's but
0: uh who damn it's good though it's good the premise of it i think is like it, it's good it's bad good you you feel me yeah i think you feel me yeah um
1: like we always call it trash tv ja feel yeah <laughs> <laughs> and but like trash tv also like ev- everyone has trash tv yeah of some yeah kind. for some people it's like ncis or for some people hey, shut up <laughs> calling out my mother <laughs> and for some people it's like the bachelor for some people it's uh oh, what's the street outlaws or what you know like that's not good tv let's you
0: mean sons of anarchy no okay. no 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 i
1: mean like the reality like "Quote unquote non-scripted," quote unquote street racer oh, TV the drag show, drag yeah,
0: racers. I'm sorry, yeah, that's like, like that's dude
1: trash TV. That is dude trash TV. <laughs> I love
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the premise is interesting. I like it, but I also use TikTok and love me some TikTok, and I have been on the. Love is Blind slander side of TikTok. And it okay. is glorious.
1: <laughs> I don't think you showed me any of those.
0: No, but I was telling you about some of the factoids that I learned and then checked up on. Sure, like sure, sure. The dates are really only like seven to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And not like hours how they right, try yeah. to kind Edited. of persuade. I will
1: say their editing team is Smooth. fantastic. Fantastic, smooth. Yeah, just in the way that they morph and create their content, uh, and like how they present the final product versus yeah. I'm sure what they record, and
0: that's got to be a shit show to record. Oh my God, yeah. that's a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. Yeah.
1: So to put people. that into like one cohesive vision and alter it to where it's like different to then
0: what actually happens right yeah to make it more
1: dynamic and less flat more suspenseful to you know put in the correct order like it's definitely like their editing team is definitely really good
0: yeah they're baller and like the i don't know how any of them thought that this is a great idea. This right, sounds yeah. fun. But, because <laughs> I mean, Sam and I, we've known each other for, what, 10 years?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I still learn new things about him.
1: Yeah. So uh, we didn't actually address the premise of the show, did we? So like oh, the premise of the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I just
0: assumed. Yeah, no. So sorry. If
1: you don't know, like it's a group of guys and girls and they sit in separate rooms connected by a wall an opaque wall and they talk to each other through that wall for you know a series of dates over 10 days and in that 10 days they decide if they want to propose to one of the people that they've been talking to and then they have a few days on a romantic vacation. Oh, oh, oh!
0: Wait, they propose sight unseen. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, sight unseen. they propose before they see their fiance. Right.
1: Hence, love is blind.
0: Yeah. So then they get to meet afterwards, and it's wonderful to watch people's faces, <laughs> good or bad. You feel you feel both ways, but like good or bad, those faces. Ooh, I don't know how there's
1: bad, because, like...
0: No one is unattractive exactly. on the show.
1: Like, the second season, they added some more normal-looking people. Yeah. But...
0: Uh, spoiler alert, none of the normies are in the finale, if you want right, to talk yeah. about it that way. Yeah, or there's not the really, like, round, a finale, yeah. but, yeah. They're, I, yeah, none of the normies make it. Yeah, they don't get a lot of camera time. No, they certainly don't. There was one guy, they... Have, Season two, they're constantly trying to like run away.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. But uh, yeah, we have the like one of the final episodes. I don't want to like do a bunch of spoilers. We have one of the final episodes in uh, season two. So, yeah, yeah. we took a break from watching Love is Blind to record. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, shit. But other than that. I think that's about it, my dude. How about you? Yeah, I think so. Right on. Well, Sammy, did you bring us a, a little tail?
1: Yeah, I sure did.
0: All right.
1: Yeah, so you ready to get this shit?
0: Oh, share me and Nope. Give me your shit. <laughs> I was going to say share me and your
1: shit. Man. Oh, yeah, please. Like, no. That's just give too- it to me. Okay. Straight. Well, okay. <laughs>
0: Jackass style. <laughs> I was going to say we are just... <laughs>
1: You're just talking about jackass, yes. and you say, "Give me your shit." I that, know. So that's poor choice uh, well, of
0: words. I was thinking, Samuel. Hmm. Let's get this shit. You know what? Let's <laughs> let's
1: get this shit. Not anybody's specific shit. No one's. <laughs> okay. All right. So today I'm going to talk to you about Esther Egertson Peterson.
0: Esther Egertson Peterson. Yes. Awesome.
1: She was born in Provo, Utah on December 9th in 1906. Oh, okay. She was born to Lars Egerton and, oh God, Anna Greth Nielsen. Ooh. It's an interesting first that name.
0: That is an old world name. It
1: sure is. Uh, she was the fifth. You
0: think uh, she, they called her like the greth
1: <laughs> Yeah, they called her the greth yeah uh, When she was KY wrestling. (laughs) Yes. So she was the fifth of six children. Uh, They were a Mormon family. Makes sense. Uh, Her mom was a school teacher and her dad was a superintendent.
0: Aww.
1: Yeah. When she was 12 years old, uh, she saw her first uh, strike. Um, It was a group of railroad workers. Um, I thought bowling for them.
0: <laughs> Real quick, I was like, not a strike. <laughs> Between the pins <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So she saw her first... Labor strike. Picket strike. strike. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: It was a group of railroad workers. Railroad workers.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, it's me. I distracted you.
1: Railroad workers. <laughs> they were fighting for an eight, eight hour workday. Uh, she didn't understand or know the situation or what they were fighting for, uh, but she believed unions were evil and labor oh. leaders were nothing but instigators.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, this may be because, uh, quote, I was raised thinking that strikers had bombs in their pockets oh and my... were communists.
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: so, well, you have to think. So she was born 1906. She was 12. So that'd be like 1918. So like Haymarket Square yeah. and other uh, more aggressive uh, labor leaders uh, and labor strikes and actions were sure. around that time. and. Dynamite and homemade explosives were definitely part of that. So, um, And then the media would malign a lot of labor parties calling them communists um, or anarchists, yeah. and that was an easy title to uh, turn public opinion against whatever message sure. those people were trying to broadcast. No way. I mean, there is some truth to it. A lot of the more radical anarchists, uh, more radical, A lot of the more radical leaders were anarchist or communist and immigrants, uh, mostly from like Germany and stuff, uh, where those ideas came from, because they came from overseas and came over here to our society and how we treat workers and Mm -hmm. uh, the working conditions, especially in that time. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, are you guys okay with this? Is this, this is not normal, my G, like shit. Wow. But I digress. Um, In 1927, Esther graduated from Brigham Young University. Uh Uh, She got her degree in physical education. Uh, And then she taught for a year at uh, Branch Agricultural College in Cedar City, Utah. She then decided it was time to move to New York. Fun. Fun. Uh, she worked a few teaching positions and earned her master's uh, from teacher college, from the teacher's college at Columbia University.
0: Teacher college? T- teacher college. <laughs> Perfect. You know where you <laughs> learn to be a teacher?
1: Yes. The teacher's college of of Columbia University. Kind of like how like IU has the Kelly School of Business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still part of IU. The yeah. Music. Sure, exactly. Uh, so she got her master's in 1930. While she was in New York, she met a man named Oliver Peterson. Oh,
0: hello, Oliver.
1: Uh, she fell in love. Nah. Uh She knew it was love because she was a conservative Mormon Republican. Oh. And he was a socialist who drank coffee and smoked a
0: pipe. Holy shit. <laughs> a bad boy, huh? Oh, super bad. This Fucking... is like...
1: Rebel without a cause, man. Naughty. <laughs> she was drawn to him because, quote, he had, or because he had, quote, the strength to work for change and to disturb the peace at times.
0: Aw, she liked him because he
1: bad. Oh, yeah. They were married in 1931. Hmm. And then in 1932, Est- uh, Esther and Oliver moved to Boston. She got a job teaching at the Windsor School, uh, which was an affluent all-girls prep school. Oh. And she also volunteered at her local YWCA.
0: Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, where she taught, uh, volunteered and taught classes to the lady garment workers of the area.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Um, She noticed there were no black women in her classes turns out it's because they were not allowed in uh, the YWCA. And righty then. Black women had to use a different facility across town.
0: What the fuck?
1: Yeah. So Esther made sure to let them know that that was segregation, um, which I mean was still legal at the time. Sure. But, and made sure to let them know that it was not only wrong, but it was also incongruent with their mission statement and their culture and... Oh, yeah. Image they tried to portray.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, So the YWCA integrated. I'm not sure exactly like how quickly or how much she was involved in it, but um, in the next few years at the very least. Sure. So one night, many of her students didn't show up. And turns out it's because uh, there was an upcoming labor strike they were preparing for. Oh, um, she iterated to her husband uh, about her thoughts and how she was you know, raised to think about.
0: Mm-hmm. Strikes. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, and Oliver told her to find out why, uh, what their side of the argument was. Sure. So they went together to talk to her students and their families. And they came to the house of one of her students, a 16-year-old named Eileen. Aww. Uh, when they came in, Esther saw the family gathered around a table lit by a single light bulb, and they were all working. The Eileen, her siblings, the mom, uh, the three-year-old was counting out bobby pins and putting them into piles of tin. Uh, the other siblings were then organizing them on cardboard, cardboard. Um, for packaging or to take to work with them the next day. But yeah, like everyone was working in a dimly lit room off the clock. Wow. Yeah.
0: Bobby pins mm-hmm. or like campaign pins or? Oh,
1: yeah. Like, well, because they're garment workers. So uh-huh. they use like bobby pins as like placeholders in stitching. Um uh-huh. for... yeah, 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 yeah. Mm hmm. So it turns out most of Esther's stu- or yeah most of Esther's students made uh a dollar and thirty two cents per dozen dresses they made.
0: Oh my god
1: yeah, so that equates to now granted this is during the depression yeah um but still a dollar thirty two only equates to about twenty seven dollars
0: Oh my god per dozen dozen yes Wow.
1: So the problem that the workers were having is that the company that a lot of our students worked for changed the front pocket on the dresses they made uh, from a square to a heart shape, oh. which is fine. It looks cute. It looks nicer. But the problem is, is it takes longer. Oh, yeah. So they're not putting out as much. Sure. So they're not getting paid as much. Yep. So they're essentially being forced to make a more aesthetically pleasing, more complicated, mm-hmm. more difficult product and taking a pay cut.
0: Yeah, and they're not being compensated at all.
1: Exactly. So Esther, seeing like how hard they were working and the conditions that they were subject, subjected to shattered her preconceived notions of oh. everything. So the next morning when the garment workers were on strike Esther was right there picketing and help organizing. Oh. Seeing how these women's voices together were powerful inspired her to become quote a real labor activist. She said quote I knew that the father's of the kids at the prep school were the ones doing the exploiting. Their Mm. kids would come to school with chauffeurs and their fathers couldn't pay minimum wage? Come on. I decided they had to have a voice. The working people. I felt the women were left out. They got the low end of everything. Tell them,
0: Esther. Tell them. Yeah.
1: She then got involved with the ILGWU or the International Ladies Garment Workers Union, which we talked about in the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire episode.
0: Yes. I think that's episode 11.
1: I think so, yeah. Me, me, me. Uh, And she also volunteered and taught classes on the side, from everything from uh, economic classes to uh, poetry, but poetry either surrounding... Uh, the conditions of working class people mm-hmm. or the life of working class people or written by working class people. Wow. So.
0: That's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1938, she got her first paid job working for a union as an organizer for the American Federation of Teachers. That doesn't mean that she was doing it for the money.
0: Yeah, no.
1: Because she got paid $15 a week and had to pay $20 a week for child care. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're losing money.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a passion project. Yeah. In 1941, uh, Esther returned to Utah and started to uh, work in lobbying. She started crusading for consumer rights mainly. Wow. And mainly in truth and advertising.
0: Oh yeah. wow, that's a fucking concept.
1: Right. Yeah. Her adversaries referred to her as, quote, the most pernicious threat to advertising today.
0: Oh. Uh, in
1: nineteen forty-four, the family moved to DC for Oliver's job. Wow. She became the first lobbyist for the National Labor Relations Board.
0: Wow. So
1: the National Labor Relations Board was One thing that was created out of the New Deal legislature, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you had the National Labor Relations Act, which was also referred to as the Wagner Act. Yeah. Which one of the things that it set up was making sure that all workers of any industry were allowed to organize and choose and form their own representation. And there were what was before that there was what was called yellow unions, And so, uh, which also known as like company unions. So the company that you worked for Mm -hmm. would have allow you to have union representation, but it was only for that company. Say like if you worked for, say you styled hair and you worked for a company like Great Clips. Okay. Great Clips could have a union. But that doesn't mean that if you are having issues with like the Great Clips management Mm -hmm. that you then have the same support with people with like supercuts or fantastic sure, sams sure. or whatever like it's not a union of hairstylists
0: yes it's just it's just great specific you, to that
1: exactly so what happened is there was a lot less representation that was solely looking out for the interest of yeah. the workers It was designed so that you had, quote unquote, unions, but they were only representing the best interest of the company. Sure. Just like
0: HR is there to protect the company, not protect the workers. Exactly.
1: So the National Labor Relations Act did away with that.
0: Wonderful.
1: And the National Labor Relations Board was then to oversee uh, grievances, kind of like, okay. If you have a minimum wage dispute or workers' rights dispute, you can take it up with the Department of Labor. Well, that's one of the places you'll take it as a National Labor Relations Board. Gotcha. So she was their first uh, lobbyist. Uh, When she walked into her first meeting, the men stood. Uh, She then said, "Uh, Please don't stand, quote, please don't stand up for me. I don't plan on standing up for you. Damn. She once said, in "Damn, an, yeah." <laughs> she once said in an interview, "quote I love to use the word lobbyist because people's ears usually prick up. Actually, one should understand that it's an extremely important part of our democratic process of government." End quote. So, a lot of people hear the term, and she's right. Even back then, like a lot of people hear the term lobbyist, and you think of. Lobbyists and special interest groups. Mm -hmm. And that's such a trigger word uh, for, quote unquote, what's wrong with this country. And absolutely right. There is a lot wrong with lobbyists and special interest groups when they are throwing inordinate amounts of money Mm. and campaigning and kickbacks under the table deals. You know, these things that should not be happening. The corruption in that system. Mm hmm. But what good lobbyists and will do is you can write letters to your congressman,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is like you acting as a lobbyist, whereas sure. a, a lobbyist will go and represent a group that says and goes to politicians and say, hey, I'm representing a bunch of people who have mm. this concern, mm. who say that there needs to be something done about this issue. And these are the people in your constituency, you know, in the area that you are serving. And we need to get this taken care of, you know, so like they bring information they and concerns. They can do just
0: as much good as they can harm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Sure. That's a very fine point to put on the sentiment. Oh, so, thank you.
0: Thanks. You're welcome. So, I got four, him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so four years later, uh, Oliver became a diplomat to Sweden.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, and the family moved there. Um, Esther kept working for women's issues by organizing the first international school for working women in Paris.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, the family came back to Washington in 1957 Uh, she then started working for the AFL-CIO
0: I know this acronym Uh,
1: it's the uh, American Federation of Labor and the Congress of International Organizers something I I always forget CIO CIO. I always forget CIO anyway Oh,
0: um, it's because of you. That's why I know it. Oh, yes, that's so, hilarious. So the
1: AFL-CI, the AFL was the American Federation of Labor, which is started by Samuel Gompers. Uh, yes, and uh, represented. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the first labor organizations to that is still around. Sure. Um, and it's considered like to represent more of like the skilled labor trades. Like uh, and the CIO represents more of your um, necessary workers that don't require things like apprenticeships or. Oh, okay. So like you know your um, sharecroppers, your agriculture, your uh, produce pickers, your factory workers, your gotcha logistics, all that stuff. Those are more usually grouped in as a CIO. But put them together, and the AFL CIO represents like all worker, sure. like labor concerns on the union side of things. When they come to the government, they do so together and are just referred to as the AFL CIO. So she started working for the AFL CIO as the first female lobbyist in their industrial union department. Wow. Uh, because she worked uh, in Utah uh for FDR's nineteen forty four campaign, she was able to work on JFK's campaign. Mm. Um after he was elected, he nominated her to be the assistant secretary of labor and the director of the United States Women's Bureau. Holy shit. Yeah. Moving this made, on up. <laughs> right. This made her the highest ranking woman in the Kennedy administration.
0: Damn.
1: And as such, she led the successful campaign to pass the Equal Pay Act of 1963 that established the principle of equal pay regardless of gender.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Right? Huge. It was a huge piece of legislation that took a lot of campaign, a lot of hard work.
0: Yeah. A lot of blood, sweat, and... Tears and saliva.
1: Right. I mean, well... Spittle. I mean, you think about how much corporations in this country profit off of either shipping jobs overseas yeah. or using immigrant labor for a cheaper cost. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. women used to be included in that group. So, I mean, think of how hard they had to fight to convince every business everywhere yeah. that they had to pay women just as much as men. Like, <laughs> that...
0: a lot of mileage.
1: Yeah, that's a shitload of money. A shitload of money.
0: Jesus.
1: So Kennedy also put together the Presidential Commission on the Status of Women. And Esther selected Eleanor Roosevelt to chair the committee.
0: Okay.
1: They hosted hearings across the country to listen to the problems and issues facing working women. The committee published its report that outlined outlined the need and the steps to improve childcare quality and availability, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. equal pay, and to end racial and gender discrimination. The published report became a bestseller.
0: That's amazing.
1: Uh, the commission also laid groundwork for the National Women's Committee on Civil Rights which labored to ensure that women of color's voices were heard in the pursuit of civil rights. Fabulous. After JFK's assassination in 1964, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson nominated Esther for the brand new position of special assistant for consumer affairs.
0: Ooh, a special assistant. (laughs) Ooh, she's that special ass. No, sorry. (laughs) I just want to be called a special ass.
1: You are a special ass.
0: Thank you. Um, So hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She created legislation that required food labels to list ingredients, nutritional value. God
0: bless her.
1: (laughs) Price per unit and expiration dates.
0: Can she uh, put something on there that says walk away? Like, just, you're reading through it, you know you don't need this, walk away. (laughs) I'm like Little Debbies and stuff, I'm just saying.
1: That's hilarious. Thank you. (laughs) She held a similar position uh, for President Jimmy Carter.
0: Oh my god! And in
1: 1981, he awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom for her work in helping consumers make better informed purchasing decisions. I,
0: it's about damn time someone give that <laughs> woman a medal. She's been around the whole damn world.
1: <laughs> right. Esther also worked as the vice president of consumer affairs at, uh, oh, Gi- at the Giant Food Corporation.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Um. And she was the president of the National Consumers League and even became a radio and TV personality uh, where she educated the public on uh, the best nutritional
0: buys. Wow. She had her own radio show. Yeah. Or just at least a spot.
1: And yeah, because I mean, it's such a social norm to know things like food groups, the food pyramid and Mm -hmm. what foods are better than other foods because like that's part of the marketing of food now like how many times have sure. we heard like superfood or you know uh, how yes how diets and
0: the new antioxidants right and ketosis, yeah uh, all of acai the, berries you yes. know so yeah there's and so many fasting all the buzzwords yes there's so atkins. many atkins <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there's so many trends and fads when it comes to the nutritional aspects of food but there wasn't much education or knowledge on that before, you know?
0: Well, in, like, I may be wrong about this, but it you said 1960-something, correct? Is that... Um,
1: uh, I mean, between the 60s and 80s is... Okay, she,
0: so I'm sure a lot in the 80s. My mom uh, and I actually had this discussion not too long ago that... When she was like really young, they had a lot more fresh food and things Mm -hmm. like that. But as she got older and like more into school and things like that, that's when all a bunch of processed food started to come out. And there seems to be more of a need for truth in food advertising absolutely 100% the closer you get to the 80s the modern world <laughs> the civilization
1: yeah for sure uh, god damn it <laughs> that brings us to uh, 1993
0: oh lord Samuel how old were you
1: in 93 I was 5
0: oh little babies <laughs> I was 5 as well but I didn't want to do the math <laughs> uh, in 1993
1: president clinton uh named esther as
0: all i can think of is john Mullaney talking about <laughs> bill clinton and his sta- uh stand-up kid or whatever yes comeback kid oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right jazz playing bill clinton yes Kay.
1: In 1993, Bill Clinton named Esther as one of the US representatives for the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization.
0: Damn. So she's been through three full administrations.
1: <laughs> oh, more than that.
0: She's been so through more than that. <laughs> You've named at least 3 administrations. <laughs> I named at least 3,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there's some gaps in between there, but yes. Okay.
0: Listen, I I just put it together in my head. I'm like, Megan <laughs> Clinton. Like, I'm not that good at the president's song, but you're right. You're right. You're right. There's a few in between. There's a few them between. <laughs> also, in
1: 1993, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Yeah. Esther was also a member of the Women's National Democratic Club, and the members gave her one of her most prized possession which was a mink coat that once belonged to Eleanor Roosevelt.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Esther said, quote, I've always said when I think about what would she do in this situation? I've had some rather trying times at the U.N. in the work I've been doing. Then I think, Esther, put her coat on and her arms around you, and you'll do the right thing.
0: (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) That's so fucking sweet, man. In nineteen Kaylee, just put your arms around me. (laughs) I'm not gonna be able to take one of Kaylee's coats. Kaylee's gonna have to take one of mine. (laughs) In (laughs) nineteen
1: ninety seven, Esther died in her home in DC at the age of ninety-one. Okay. She left a legacy of being a champion for the rights of workers, consumers, and women. When asked what advice she would offer the young people, she said, I'm not one who feels you have to be brave or be a star, but your life can be satisfying and happy if you work to make a difference. Maybe the difference will be just a little tiny piece and not a big difference, but the point is to make a difference by the way you live your life.
0: Oh, Esther.
1: So yeah, that's Esther egertson Peterson. Uh. Um, That's amazing! A fucking rock star, who yeah, went from being a conservative Mormon Republican who thought unions were evil to being a champion
0: for yeah, completely so many people. Flip the script. That's absolutely uh it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um. Happy International Women's Day.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she's a monster and in the most wonderful way.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for uh, bringing uh, Ezra's story to us.
1: Yeah, and I had not, I was actually doing some research on the Wagner Act and came across her. Because of her work on the National Labor Relations Board. Isn't that some shit? And I had never heard of her before, which is insane. It is insane that I've never heard of her
0: before. Yeah, because of as much work as she's done, especially in the field that you're in.
1: Yeah. The fact that she was the leader of the push for the Equal uh, Pay Act of 1963 Legendary and and how many people don't
0: know about
1: her is ridiculous.
0: It's a goddamn shame. It's
1: it's travesty.
0: And <laughs> Sam is here to bring <laughs> it to you. Right the wrongs. Right the wrongs. <laughs> bring it right to your earballs. You heard it here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, my dude. I uh, I did want to give a shout out real quick, and I feel like uh, it fits pretty well at the end of your story. Oh good. Um there is a new podcast that I have been listening to. It's absolutely amazing. It is called Black Girl Gone Podcast. The host is Amara Kofer and it says Black Girl Gone is a true crime podcast that focuses on telling the stories of missing and murdered black women and women of color in America. Our show shines a light on stories that often receive little to no attention from mainstream media. This is a weekly podcast, and these stories are shared with compassion for the victims and their families while bringing awareness about the crimes that took their lives. You can listen to Black Girl Gone Podcast on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. So I just wanted to shout them out real quick. I follow her on TikTok, Instagram, all that good fun stuff. So I'll make sure to throw up all of her tags. And uh, make sure you guys go and listen to Black Girl Gone podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's so...
0: That's kind of insane because we did yeah. not talk about your uh, topic beforehand. Right,
1: yeah. and But I mean, yeah, it's so cool that she does that. I mean, it's not cool that there is a need for it but it's cool that someone is making an effort for equal representation i agree there's no it's it's, fucking ridiculous yeah absolutely
0: yeah Yeah. i couldn't agree with you more sam so please make sure you go and uh, support amara absolutely all righty samuel are you ready to get mash it yeah. All right. It's been a second. Dump it on me, baby. Dump it. You got it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nobel Peace Prize, Sammy.
1: Yes, Can yes. Can you,
0: uh, what do you know about it? I know that it's
1: an international award. It is. That is given to people who make achievements usually, I mean, I'm not sure how it started, but I know that now it's expanded to, like, different fields. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, even, like, there's one for, like, mathematics, physics. Yep. Yep. I want to say agriculture?
0: Uh, Medicine, physics, chemistry, economic science, literature, and piecework. Yeah. Yeah. There are multiple winners in each category. And this is given yearly. Oh,
1: I just thought it was one per year.
0: Yep, multiple. Uh, Winners receive a diploma, a medal, and a prize uh, that is about 10 million Swedish Corona. Mm. Or about 1.1 million. And it's divided between the multiple winners. Gotcha. Yes. What
1: kind of metal? Do they get to choose their own kind of metal?
0: Uh, mm, I imagine not. Because, like, I, I would pick. Oh, man, there's
1: so many good. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. You know?
0: I can't stand you. Tin? No. Tin. <laughs> Copper.
1: Ooh, brass.
0: Brass. Ooh, we should get this bronzed. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Bob's Burgers.
1: It's not umbilical cord, all right?
0: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, do you know who the uh, Nobel Peace Prize is named after? Uh, it's,
1: I'm gonna guess his last name is Nobel.
0: Boom! You got it.
1: Oh, and I also guessed that it was a he.
0: You did, yeah. But it was a long it. time
1: ago, so it I was. assume he is a pretty safe bet.
0: Alfred Nobel was born in Stockholm, Sweden. October 21st, 1833. Okay. So it was a while ago.
1: Okay. Yep, 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 yep.
0: All right. He had two older brothers named Ludwig and Robert.
1: That's lame. <laughs> lame. <laughs> like, not, not Ludwig. But, but like, Robert, yeah. Alfred's like, at least, you know, he's the butler. You know, I can't for Batman, near. which is pretty impressive. That's a good get. That's a good get. A
0: good get. His father was a manual, and he was an engineer and an inventor, and he built bridges. Oh, okay. He also had a passion for explosives. Well, sure. His mother was Andrietta, and she was a little bit more level-headed. She began and ran a local grocery store, also while homeschooling all of the children. Fun, fun, fun. Fun fact: Alfred could read by the age of three. So she must have little jelly. Little jelly. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember anything before I was like ten. So. Well, sure. Uh, ADHD brain. Yep.
1: Yep. I just (laughs) got the. I don't have the H. So.
0: Yeah, you just got. (laughs) You got the ads.
1: Yep, just got the.
0: (laughs) I I got got the ADDs. I got the ads. (laughs) Alfred's father's business failed the same year that he was born. Playing Eman- rap music. I'm right. Yeah. And Emmanuel had just filed for bankruptcy. Oof. That's rough. So when Alfred was four, his mm-hmm. father decided, since Alfred could read, no, I'm just kidding. Uh when he was four, he decided to try his luck elsewhere and take his business to Finland and Russia. Mm. And only his business. He left the rest of the family in Stockholm for a while. Well, you know, I'm sure
1: he tried to send money back whenever he could, but.
0: Yeah, I know, most definitely. Um, something that he was taking on the road was the rotary lathe. Emmanuel actually invented the rotary lathe. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it ultimately led to the invention of plywood. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, Samuel, will you explain quickly what a lathe is? Uh,
1: So, like, lathe is used for what's called turning, where you put a piece of wood and anchor it on one point each end, and then it will spin, and then you can use tools to shave it down into different uh, shapes. Yeah. Or that's what a rotary lathe is. Yep. A lathe is uh, some like a piece of machinery that you use to shave things down incrementally uh, to create the shape or smoothness or thickness or whatever.
0: Yeah, so plywood is just made out of many layers of thin wood. Mm-hmm. Moving on, in 1842, Emmanuel hit it big in Saint. Petersburg, Russia. Somehow he was able to get an audience with Russia's Tsar Nicholas the First. Ooh. Wait, what year? Uh, 1842. Okay.
1: Oh uh, young Nicholas I. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yes. The Tsar loved the few pieces of equipment that Emmanuel showed him and then asked him what other ideas he had. One of the ideas that Emmanuel did have was underwater mines. Oh.
1: Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you have a passion for explosives, Mm -hmm. but you're also a bridge engineer Mm -hmm. that could help clear like.
0: A lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. the, The sides of the banks that are underwater to get them ready to like build the foundations of the bridge, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. Yes. So this fact was especially important because the Crimean War was happening.
1: Well, there's also that, too. You can definitely look at the other side of things. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Within a year of the move to St. Petersburg, Andrietta popped out another baby, a meal. During the next few years, Alfred- Was she hungry when she named him? Probably. I mean, yes. No, I get it. I was just trying not to encourage you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, during the next few years, Alfred and his brothers were given top-tier educations. And by the age of 17, Alfred could speak and write in Swedish, Russian, French, English, and German. Wow.
1: That's... Uh, I just got good English and bad English. That's uh, all I got. Uh, yeah,
0: so. and badder English, yeah.
1: <laughs> the worstest is The worstest English. <laughs> English is...
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> During his studies, Alfred became interested and fell in love with poetry. Cool. But it was uh, not to be. <laughs> uh, was he bad? No, he wasn't bad. Um, Dad just had different ideas.
1: And he didn't have that classic. James Vanderbeek moment yeah. from, from Varsity Blues. I don't want your, your life. life. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I mean no, because Alfred was insanely grateful for the struggle that sure. his parents did sure. and sure. Uh, to get them where they were, and he was very thankful. So he wanted to make sure that you know he did his family proud sure they were a very close-knit yeah
1: i get that i mean i came from a family that very much prided themselves on giving me a good education yeah and sacrificed a lot to do it so yeah i i, I can identify with that for sure for
0: sure for sure emmanuel was not entirely pleased with this direction so he sent alfred to study abroad and become a chemical engineer sure Alfred was sent to Paris to work in a private lab with a famous chemist, Professor T.J. Peluse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: While Alfred was there, he met a young Italian chemist named Ascancio Sorberto. No. Soberto. Nope, there's no T on that bitch. Sabero. Yeah, Sabero. I'm trying to just add, add more flair on it than in needs. That's perfect the way it is. <laughs> it's it's, it's too not, much. I was going to say, he's not as spicy... It's
1: not as not a spicy a meatball, so...
0: No. <laughs> no, that's me. That's me. So, Ansancio. Uh, three years earlier, Ansancio had invented pyroglycerin. Okay. Or now, it's known as nitroglycerin. Okay, I figured... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, if you don't know what this is, it's a highly explosive liquid (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's very concentrated, so concentrated, like it's too, it's too dangerous to move practically.
1: Yeah, it definitely requires a lot of precautions to move
0: Yeah. So um, if you don't really have a frame of reference for uh, nitroglycerin, (laughs) I want want you to go back to the 90s. I already know where you're (laughs) going with that.
1: I already
0: know. Go back to the 90s. What movie are you watching? That's right. Wild Wild West and Jim West, Desperado. No, you don't want nada. (laughs) He is in the back (laughs) of that fucking stagecoach and he's like, this is not how you transport nitro <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> it's what makes the
0: stagecoach blow up
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh my god i fucking love that movie all right so uh like we said nitroglycerin is extremely unstable that's why will smith freaks out so much i'm sorry jim west <laughs> any sudden movements can cause it to ignite the reason being that the decomposition rate is so rapid that all of the molecules are simultaneously destroyed at once gotcha
1: so like it like it's more of a concussive explosion explosive Correct. instead of like a incendiary explosive yes so more of like the force of the air pressure or like the kinetic force more than like the actual like heat and flame
0: from what i understand <laughs> and i don't deal a lot with nitroglycerin in my line of work well, you don't have a heart problem i don't oh wait
1: yeah people with heart
0: issues will take nitroglycerin no pills. i fucking know listen bitch <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't do that shit to me what i was like wait what Did I say something wrong? What? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I've seen it like they rub it on your heart. I saw it on uh, um, Untold Stories of the ER because this old guy, he had this cream that he had to put on his heart, a niacin cream, and then he had a hemorrhoid cream and he got it mixed up and he kept fainting and fainting and fainting, but they didn't realize that he mixed up his heart cream and his butt cream until the very end of the visit.
1: Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize they made it into topical cream. I just mm-hmm. know people who've taken nitro pills for their heart.
0: Yeah. Um, there's also, I mean, it's not nitroglycerin, I don't think, but it's um, ni- niacin that's in um, a hair product called Nioxin. Oh. Mm-hmm. It helps uh, get more blood flow to your scalp. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Niacin helps dilate red blood vessels. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So any whoozles, tiny little explosions in your red blood vessels.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't think the niacin works the same way as the nitro (laughs) pills.
0: No, probably not. (laughs) So... uh Back to the story. Apparently bitten by the same pyro bug as his father, Alfred became fascinated with nitroglycerin and its applications. Well,
1: he's a boy. Boys love things that go boom. I don't know the what to Boys
0: love things that go boom and rocks thrown into bodies of water.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's good shit. I know.
0: I know. When Alfred was back in St. Petersburg, he started working with his father and applying everything he learned abroad. Alfred and his father were hell-bent on developing nitroglycerin into a commercial and practical explosive. He thought it would be great for mining purposes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember I told you something about that, Um, and you said something really interesting about it, uh, because I was like, why would he ever think that that would be good for mining? And you actually gave me a little backstory on it.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you got to think that these Miners before the advent of like dynamite or explosives, um, if they did use explosives, it was unsafe. If they didn't Mm -hmm. use explosives, it was also unsafe, uh, like with the explosives that they had at the time. So, if you have the ability to like use dynamite to clear large areas. And then be able to sift through that rubble after it's been broken up from the explosion. Sure. It's a lot easier than just trying to chip away at a solid wall. Like <laughs>
0: feet by feet.
1: Exactly. Gotcha. So now what they do is like they'll drill into the wall of a mine. Oh, and
0: put the explosive in there. Put
1: the explosive in there, and then it blows apart, and then you break up and you chunk sure. out and sift through. That
0: makes total sense.
1: And if you have a practical Uh, explosive, one that only not only makes a lot less work or a lot easier work or more productive, Mm -hmm. efficient. Anyway, (laughs) um, it not only adds productivity, but if you can detonate from a safe distance with a a practical, easy to use explosive that is cost effective, then that's also going to create safer working conditions. For sure.
0: For sure. That makes sense now that you told me. (laughs) um also even though they wanted the to develop this for mining purposes and uh things of that nature it was also mentioned that it's an incredibly effective peacekeeper
1: well i mean if you're going with the teddy roosevelt speak softly and carry a big stick approach yeah it could be used as uh Making your stick a little bit bigger than the other guys. Yep. If that's yep. how you want to do
0: it. For sure. So, for many years, the Nobel family lived in comfort and abundance. That is until the Crimean War ended and the family's fortune began to dry up. Facing bankruptcy in 1863, Emmanuel and the family packed up Andrietta and a meal and returned to Sweden while Robert Ludwig and Alfred stayed in Russia to salvage what they could of the family business. And they actually were successful. They ended up getting into the oil industry. Not Uh, so good. Not so good, (laughs) but good, good for this story for them. Okay. Alfred moved back home sometime in 1863 to Stockholm. Mm -hmm. This is when he and his dad and his youngest brother, Emil, began manufacturing their own nitroglycerin. That sounds safe. Uh Uh-huh. Alfred continued to experiment with different mixtures of nitroglycerin in hopes to make it more and more stable. While in the lab, Alfred observed that when he knocked down a vial of nitroglycerin, that when it spilled out onto the dirt floor, that the liquid didn't explode. Sure, but it did combust when a flame was put to it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Right. So, what he discovered really is that you it. The one, two, three. The nitroglycerin needs an impact, right, of some sort, to just spontaneously combust. Not spontaneously, but right. to combust. Sure. If it's left outside of that, you know, hard pressure, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, it is still flammable, but it's much more stable. Almost sure. Yeah. Loose because, than like, it is contained.
1: Yeah, because that rapid change in thermal temperature when you ignite it is going to create the same type of pressure, but instead of with a kinetic force, it's going to be with a thermal force.
0: Kinetic. That's what I couldn't think of. Boom, baby. (laughs) During this time, Alfred obtained one of his first patents, and that patent was for the mixture of nitroglycerin and black powder. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Would you believe that? That actually made the nitroglycerin more stable, yeah. less dangerous. Y-
1: yes, and but uh, I mean, y- safer to
0: handle. Handle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But not necessarily. Yeah, don't
0: fart around that shit, man. Going yeah, up.
1: Yeah, definitely don't want to bring that into. Uh, uh, a white barn store <laughs> oh my god
0: now alfred could transport his nitroglycerin more safely mm-hmm. this mixture still proved to be dangerous if you uh, can believe it yeah
1: yeah i turns out i can't believe it.
0: yeah if it was overheated yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> oh yeah don't leave that out in the sun
0: <laughs> so alfred submitted another patent this one being a real humdinger. It -hmm. was for an ignition system to help light the nitroglycerin and the black powder. Okay. Also known as a detonator or blasting cap, the detonator that he invented was a copper casing filled with mercury fulminate and a wick was added. So you light the wick, it burns down to the blasting cap, the black powder ignites, flashes and therefore ignites the nitroglycerin Mm -hmm. mixture. But in 1864, tragedy struck. Uh Uh-oh. Emil was killed in the very shed that the family had been producing their devilish product. Okay, well, my head wasn't going to his brother dying. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. There were also four other people who were killed in the same blast. And Alfred was injured in the blast, even though he was in a different building. What the fuck did they do? I don't know. I could not find. There was never any reports of how big. Sure. This. Well, I mean, you're working with nitroglycerin
1: and black powder. Yeah. So.
0: yeah I gonna get a little.
1: Like it's more stable for uh, transport. It's but, if you, hot in here. but if you're gonna have a boom, it's gonna be a pretty big
0: boom. Boom. Yeah, it's gonna be a big boom. After the Nobel family blast, which is what it was called. um, the Stockholm. That
1: sounds like a shitty like ABC family game show. It does. It like does. Nobel F- this week on Nobel Family Blast, we have the Jensen's versus the Nobels. Oh, my God. Let's yes. see who can win this minivan. Fan. 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 Van. Right.
0: <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Someday. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So the Nobel Family Blast. Uh, Stockholm's government banned the experimentation with nitroglycerin and any products like it from being tested within the city limits.
1: Well, you know, artists always run into backlash. They do.
0: They do. Well, um, this did not detour Alfred.
1: Of course not, because he's a true artist.
0: Yes. He went out and bought himself a barge and parked it on Lake... Malarin, so he could continue with his research. You know what? I'm fine with this. I'm okay with this. This is when he established his first corporation, Nitroglycerin AB. AD. AB. An <laughs> A-B as in bird. Oh, gotcha. AB. Not AD. Well, I don't have it. I
1: don't okay. have a joke for that. So.
0: Sorry. Ah! You're shit out of luck. Yeah. Joke factories closed. You like that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) It wasn't until March 1865 when Alfred bought his first true factory. And he just kept buying them things and starting more. At the time of his death, he had ninety factories in 20 countries. Oof? Yeah. He's a busy man. Mm. Busy boy. It was in 1867 that Alfred finally found that good soup. After mixing different ratios of nitroglycerin and other materials, he finally patented dynamite. A mixture of nitroglycerin and Kesselger, a form of diatomatous earth. I think that's how you say it. Diatomaceous diatomaceous earth. Damn, I was close though. This enabled the safe and stable transport of nitroglycerin. It can be formed into bars. Mm -hmm. Those bars are placed inside the copper casting and the blast cap on top and then you got yourself a stick of dynamite. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. A name picked by Alfred himself. It comes from the Latin name for power. But wait, there's more. Oh! In 1875, he further improved his invention with the patent for gelinite or gelatin dynamite. Then, it,
1: like blasting gel. Uh huh. Blasting gel. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Then in eight, Don't
1: give that to Bill Cosby.
0: Boo, <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, In uh, 1888 through 1889, uh, Nobel patented his last important invention, balacite, or smokeless powder. Okay. This is commonly used in rocket propellant.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Regardless of all of his inventions, Alfred wanted more, and he wasn't quite sure what that was. He was never good with women. But he did have a 20-year relationship with an Austrian woman, and it fizzled out in 1888. Okay. So, like, he didn't waste any time. He just wasn't, like, super lucky. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't so know. I couldn't like find much though, about or... her. She uh, was also um, very smart. She was involved in the science community. And, yeah, that's about it. Also in 1888, Ludwig, one of Alfred's brothers, passes. Instead of his obituary, a French newspaper published Alfred's obituary. (laughs) They call him a merchant of death. Oof. A man who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than before.
1: I mean, not the first won't be the last. Definitely not the last. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. But this wrecked Alfred. All he wanted was to help mankind not destroy it. Oh, God, if only all the quote-unquote
1: merchants... Like if Eric Prince of Blackwater had that same social conviction. just going to
0: fucking say (laughs) Eric Prince. God damn it. Yeah,
1: if only he had that sense of conviction instead of his...
0: Merchant of death vibes.
1: Yeah, I was going to say... Christian extreme with Christian extremist points
0: of view. <laughs> yup. Uh, so Alfred, he wanted his products to be used for mining and for excavating, but humans being humans, human and his invention was used for war and mm-hmm. it was extremely effective. Mm-hmm. Alfred didn't stop for anything except for when France, where he had lived most of his adult life, kicked him out and his experiments in 1891. It's a rough guy. After his exile from France, he settled in San Remo, Italy. Mm. He, of course, erected another lab, mm-hmm. and uh, at his home, and continued experimenting, but also wanting to highlight beneficial contributions in humanity.
1: Yeah, good for him.
0: In 1895, Alfred amended his will and left over 90% of his fortune to establish the Nobel Peace Prize.
1: I was wondering how we were like, okay, so how did this merchant of death get the peace prize named after him?
0: Yep. He made
1: it. Got it. Yes. (laughs) And
0: this was kept a secret from all of his beneficiaries until after his death, December 10th, (laughs) 1896. You know he had
1: like some shit nephew who was like, Banking on that,
0: one hundred and ten percent, one hundred and ten percent. I uh, dumbassedly forgot to look up uh, his amassed fortunes, mm-hmm. but it is well into the millions. Oh sure. Um, Alfred had over three hundred and fifty-five patents by the end of his life.
1: So over three hundred fifty patents, uh, over ninety factories in twenty different countries. So. Yes.
0: Safe to say, yeah, I'd probably say he's got, you quite, you know, quite a bit.
1: He can afford the fancy cookies at the grocery store, you know. Uh,
0: yes, he sure can.
1: Like the pet- Pepperidge Farms, you know. Oh yeah, the Milano's. Yeah, then you gotta oh. be like, you know what, I, you know what, I deserve this you instead know what? of like the. I do deserve this <laughs> instead of the flat of duplex cookies that cost like a yes! dollar sixty-five.
0: Yes, the Sunday school <laughs> cookies. Yes. yes. All right. Well, that is the explosive life of Alfred Nobel. I love it. And where the Nobel Peace Prize came from.
1: That's crazy. I
0: Insane, right?
1: Yeah. The guy who made dynamite. Yep. <laughs> blew and, up his family. His like, brother. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey. Gets but, the peace prize. Yeah. A peace prize is given in dynamite man's name. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. 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 Alrighty, I think it's time for get that shit. Cool. Sweet friends, I have something for you fucking adorable today. It is one of the many products on this Etsy shop that you can go and visit. But are you lonely? I'm yes, asking. I'm lonely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm
1: so lonely.
0: Alright, alright. Do you wish that sometimes you, you just had a friend who yeah,
1: I have no friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> zero. Do you wish that sometimes that friend didn't really talk? You just you just need a buddy around. Sure. Yeah. Well, do I have the friend for you? Yay! Get on over to uh, Crum Crumps Creations on <laughs> Etsy and get yourself a ghost in a jar.
1: A ghost in a jar.
0: A ghost in a jar. These adorable little ghosts want to go home with you. Each one comes in a tiny plastic jar for safekeeping. It's best to know where your ghosts are at at all times. They each come with a unique surprise name. The ghosts have the option to be glued down to the bottom of the jar or not glued. The plastic jar that the ghost comes in is about 1.25. Oh, God. That's one and a quarter inch and each ghost is handmade they are needle felt with felting wool
1: gotcha (laughs) well I was picturing just a jar just a jar (laughs)
0: that's so funny let me see if I can show and be
1: like it's a ghost in a jar wink wink Wink, because I said it is you're so
0: funny little needle felting
1: oh my god
0: it's just a little ghost pal (laughs) <laughs> they are five dollars <laughs> they also have Saint Patrick ghost in a jar. <laughs> they have ghost earrings they have many other fun crafts paintings. Oh let's see what else they have some fun needle uh not needle print um felt mm-hmm. needle felt felt needling <laughs> skulls. And things like that. So once again, it's Krumpsk Creations. C-R-U-M-K-S. K. Krumpsk. Right? Or am I... I'm putting too much sass on it. Am I putting too much razzle and or dazzle on no, it? No, I think it's crumps. Okay. It's really hard to not say Crumbsk or like crumb. But At Krumpsk first I thought you creations. said Crumps. <laughs> I, and, yes. And
1: like some, like one who crumps. Creations. Someone
0: who crumps and yeah. creates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or creates like, while crumping. Or create. You know what? I don't put a paintbrush between your butt cheeks and you got crump art right there.
1: I think art may be a stretch, but you got crump something. You
0: got something, don't you?
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be art to sell it and pretend it's art. So. I
0: mean you gotta fake it till you make it, right?
1: For sure. That's how I treat
0: orgasms. Oh my god! <laughs> that was a good one. Oh my god. Well <laughs> Well Sam It's been It's been something. Thanks for Thanks for gracing us with your presence again, my guy. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, fabulous. Well, friends, uh, while you're out there searching for a uh, recipe for your own homemade dynamite, don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. Uh, or you're looking for a best friend in a jar, you can have us in your earballs. You can listen to us on many different streaming platforms, including Podbean, Hail Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and you can find many more at our Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. While you're there, make sure you like, follow, subscribe so we can continue to grow our shit. Click on our link tree to find our website, episode resources, and much, much more. You can always holler at us at Cassie at gmail.com if you have a small business you want to hype or a topic you don't want to do homework on. Well, friends, I think that's all we have for you today. Yeah. All right. That's it. Tit. <laughs> have a great rest of your week weekend whenever you give us a listen and uh, we'll see on the next episode. All right. Well, oh, bye. bye. Love and light. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>